Coming back to your point of while you're playing, I didn't really have a big fear of what I'm going to do after. Because I always, when I went into football, I thought, you know, if I can have two years playing, mm. have two years off work, and I'll go and work again. Mm. Uh, and I was just fortunate, it just sort of went on and on. And I'm bright girl as a captain, so I went to this pub and he go, What do you want to drink? And I sort of like, Orange and lemonade. He went, Okay. And orange and lemonade and 17 lagers. <laughs> Did that, went out for night with the boys, trained the next day. Uh, and then that was it. That was on the Wednesday. They said, Come up on the Monday. So I won the contract on the Monday and played played against Liverpool Reserves on the on the Monday night. Jamie read that. John Barnes played a completely different mindset of you've got to go in, you've got to adapt, and you've got to adapt quickly. So, uh, but it was nuts. Yeah. Think of suddenly you watch Match of the Day and you're on it. You're running a business in Brighton, you've got to be the be the marketeer, you've got to be the HR guy, you've got to be the money guy, yeah. you've got to be the sales guy, yeah. uh, and you need support. If you could pick out one highlight, what would it be? And why? Uh, probably. I'm on a mission to help the world to see success differently. For sharing the stories of our guests, I hope to inspire those that listen. This is the Different Hats podcast, produced by H2 Productions. Hope you can join us on this journey. Okay, I'm just going to say something about one of our sponsors, Rivervale. The world of cars, vans and minibuses is often a pain point for many of us. The hassle of finding the right vehicle, let alone looking after it, are all more things to add to our lists as busy people. Rivervale's mission is to make motoring manageable, and that's why they provide leasing, purchasing, servicing and vehicle management. So whether you have one family car or a fleet of vans for your business, Rivervale are your trusted vehicle supplier. Visit www.rivervale.co.uk. Okay, let's jump back to the podcast. Okay, welcome to the first episode of the newly rebranded Different Hats podcast. And I could not think of a better guest to kick off the new series. He's someone that has worn many different hats over his career, from commodities trader to professional footballer, from commercial manager at his former club, Brighton Over Albion Football Club, to running his own business development consultancy. He's some that, someone that will need little introduction as Sussex's most well-connected man, but someone over the years who has been supported, supported me, advised me, and become a really close friend. I'm, of course, talking about the legend that is Dodge, the one and only, Mr. Paul Rogers. Lovely intro, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> mate, Thanks well, for the invite. Mate, welcome to the podcast. He's brilliant. So, look. Wow, how, how long have we known each other? It must be going back about 10 years, I guess. Yeah, around some, I think. Yeah. When uh, I think you turned up at the football club with your 11s <laughs> T-shirt range. <laughs> I think that was the... And you were running that alongside the salon and yeah, yeah, I think you were pals with Gigi, Gordon Greer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's how we how we met mate, to get yeah. on the... To get that's on what the, I mean, mate. Even then, I remember you supporting me. Like, mate, uh, ringing you up. Any chance you... Yeah, I chuck a tea. Took me in the changing room. You would put the t-shirt on for me we've got a couple of pictures and managed to get that in the club shop actually yeah yeah a bit which was uh yeah. which was one blimey. of your 
mental hats. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been a few over the years, mate. We'll move on. We'll move on. Well, mate, listen, I'm I'm genuinely really grateful one for your support over the years, but obviously getting to know and become really good mates and. Um, really honoured to obviously have you on and have a chat with you today and could, like I said could not think of a better way to kick off the kick off the new series so uh, let, let's get cracking shall we let's go um, look, I've started this, this for the new series I come up with this new idea and this is something I wanted to do and I'm going to chuck this one in and we do something called our life in 60 seconds so I set my little timer and we're just going to go we'll delve into it afterwards but um, on your 60 seconds just tell me something from your childhood as shape who you are today go i think uh it's probably around the work ethic you know i brought uh grew up in surrey had older brother older sister mum and dad and they did that work two jobs at the time so dad was an insurance broker and then did a cleaning gig in the evening uh which mum helped with she worked during the day i think it was that yeah. around you know everyone has a story but you know there's not a load of cash swilling around so it's the ability to to go and do different things yeah. and you know the work ethic of having a nine to five and then go and do something else from half seven till nine o'clock yeah. i think uh yeah that is that is pretty much the yeah. the start point for for me and my brother and my sister really yeah, nice and then what uh, so t- let's de- right, let, let's delve a little bit more into that. T- talk to me more about what, w- what was what was life like growing up for Paul Rogers. Was, was football always a big thing for you? Yeah, m- massive. Uh, there's a load more different things kids can do these days than what we had yeah. back then. You sound like an old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is a generational yeah. thing. I had an older brother who was 16 months older than me. He liked football but didn't love football, so we always had this deal that. Oh, you come down the wreck for an hour and a half and then we can play cars or do something else for an hour and a half. So we always ended down the park for three hours and <laughs> play cars for 10 minutes. <laughs> so, but uh, we grew up in Surrey. Uh, I say mum and dad both working, older sister. Uh, fairly simple, normal normal life for, yeah. for a lot of people. Uh, that sort of, you know, 70s. Yeah. You know, school was school. school uh Everyone had different levels of enjoyment around school. Did uh, you like school? I like being at school. You know, my I've got six, well, there's six of us, five really close friends. So we went to school together when we were five, six, seven, eight, nine. It was still my pals today. Uh, loved that thing of being with my pals. So, and we're all in the same classes for everything. So maths, English, geography, PE. Uh, loved the environment at school but not massively uh, into the curriculum <laughs> we all just did things that we did well in things that we were good at and we enjoyed yeah. so we all I love you know maths English geography PE that was four things if I could have spent my whole school life doing those four things it would have been brilliant but yeah. you have to do something else and something else and something else that you're not so interested that you don't give your your full attention to I guess yeah. it's weird isn't it like we've uh, again I always talk about our education system and stuff and, and uh, we've got such an archaic system the way it works that and it's difficult look people have got our fundamentals right yeah, to, yeah, to, yeah. and I get that but it's it's looking at trying to navigate around that and actually 
wouldn't it be better if we created a society and a curriculum necessarily where it did just tap into what people enjoy, what they're good at, and and then they would progress in that way? Because how many how many kids just don't engage, don't can't engage with that yeah. education yeah. system? It's just I mean. Like obviously, you're, you you got kids as well, and they've grown up and gone through school. What, what, what's your thoughts on it now, like where we where we are? I think you you have to have a base. So you, to start off, you you have to do the basics. But within, I would guess, within two or three terms, you know if if Sam Thomas is going to be interested in physics or is going to concentrate on physics. You know, is it two terms? Is it three terms? Is it yeah. four terms? You've got to give himself an opportunity to understand all the different levels. Mm. But that thing of expecting everyone to be at a level on all different things, everyone's wired differently. You know, we've we've spoken about that. Yeah. You can you can put someone in an environment and they'll absolutely fly. Yeah. Put the same person in a different environment and they're just like don't get it. You know, yeah. you've got strengths and I'll have things that manual not manual but like instructions putting furniture together yeah. you know electrical work i just go like, <laughs> yeah forget no, about it. no i can't <laughs> it's yeah. not not me if yeah. you say dig a hole look i know how to do that do you know what i mean yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. if you say dig it for nine hours i'll dig it for nine hours yeah, but yeah. the the mechanical bit of doing stuff and following instructions is just not uh not me and it's the same with same with a lot of people yeah, so yeah. Mate, but you, how? Speak, you speak to Kelly, DIY, mate, forget about it. I can't hang a picture up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I can cook a good meal, yeah. so swings and roundabouts. Someone told me years and years ago that you don't have to know how to do it yourself, but you have to know someone who does. <laughs> <laughs> so, mate, I love that. I love that. So you can get by like that. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But then, so when, um, so, so growing up, the, 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 the football side, I guess concentrating on the football side, was that something at a young age that you thought would be was that in your mindset I'm going to have a career at that no no I think it's very different then you know you yeah. played football because you enjoyed it yeah. uh, played with your mates got you outside football was like everything because there was just less opportunities I think yeah. when we we're, were at that age uh, never ever thought that you know I'm going to go and be a footballer or whatever I think when you look back it was probably more difficult to do it then because we grew up sort of South East London Croydon leagues that yeah. sort of thing there was one Chelsea scout one Palace scout so he was covering <laughs> yeah. you had to be top to to get an opportunity yeah. uh, to do it now it's very different now because you know the way the fo- you know football industry's grown yeah. you know the academies the development centres you know if you look at any kid playing football 9-10 now someone would have seen them so I think it was different then. I just didn't think it was a. It was definitely not on a career path of right. I'm going to be a footballer or a cricketer or a rugby player. Yeah. It was just you did it because it was fun and you enjoyed it and you were with your pals. That's yeah. that's what it was. And do you think that's like? It's a shame because there's part of me that feels like that's got lost a little bit. Like that, just going over the park at nine o'clock in the morning in the summer holidays and playing till it got dark with your pals all day yeah yeah I look now and I just don't see it as much I don't know maybe like my, my kids they've just started to get into it a little bit like Sienna's just started to play for a little team which is great and I'm excited about that but 
you just don't see it as much now because and there's so many more distractions, computer games and all everything else that comes with it. Do, do, do you think that 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 has been lost a little bit? I think it's options, isn't it? Yeah. You know, kids they might have played football 25, 30 years ago. They might not have wanted to, but it was the only thing to do. So I think a lot of it is around choices. Mm. I think you've you've touched on something there that we played football because you enjoyed it. And, you know, you look at some some of the kids now, 10, 11, 12, probably can't go down to the rec, whatever, because whether they're in academy or, you know, development centre, I think that's that's changed where you used to just play football because you wanted to and it was fun. Yeah. Now, even at that level, you know, so much goes into it to develop the players, to get them to the next one that you can see a, a club's investing in a player. They don't want them distracted by playing other football or yeah. listening to other coaches who are perhaps not as uh, not as far up the chain as, as their the club coaches, potentially. Yeah, 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 no, I'll get it. I'll get it. Was you a show like I said, oh, I'll go back and look, and I just you used to love it. You know, that was it. And what I love as well, and I've got the same, like, we've spoke about this a bit offline, like having those pals that, that especially in football, from school, whatever, that you, you've grown up with, who are, they're like, you could pick up the phone to them tomorrow and it'd be like you see them yesterday, do you know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. It's yeah. such something magical about that, isn't there? And, and you get that, oh, I'm assuming as well, and I've got the same, like that when you play football whatever level just having that team thing around you having them people that you build relationships with within that thing is amazing it's the same at every level so the same stories the same relationships you have playing for old Brightonians on the Sunday morning yeah are the same as what you have in you know a pro club you know you build those relationships quickly you're all put in this pot yeah and you have to build build a group within that group yeah. uh, and that's one of the, the best things of, of being involved in team sport is yeah. and you know like we said before everyone's wired differently yeah. so you've got to treat people a little bit differently than others you can't just go right these are the rules yeah, yeah. there's always some flex or you don't get that bit or whatever that's yeah, the yeah. that's the beauty of and the difficulty of trying to get a successful team is trying to get the right people and the right balance of people together yeah yeah because I guess that's where the great managers the Ferguson's and people like that come in knowing how to again back to people knowing how to manage people how to deal with people and get different personalities and different characters within a room but actually getting them all on the same hymn sheet and it's so it's, it's so that's why I love the analogies between sport especially football and, and business as well there's so many comparisons between the both, isn't there? Whether yeah, yeah. you're leading a team on a football pitch or within an organisation, it's the same type yeah. of principles, I guess. Yeah, you've got to get everyone on board yeah. and with the same objectives, same directives. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, sometimes you have to treat people a little bit differently, but they've got to see the see the way, the route of travel, and, and keep everyone keep on everyone on side. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> Well, let's talk, uh, so leaving school and get, talk to me about then your time in the city and stuff like that. What? Because you was a commodities trader for a bit, yeah, for a few yeah. years. What? Where in the eighties? Yeah. Like what? Yeah. So tell me how you got into that. What? Uh, this would have been eighty two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Straight from school. Again, lucky. Really, family friend was running a commodities company up in London. They had an opportunity as a messenger. 
uh, <laughs> to go in there. So that was just the messenger. So my job, I think I was getting 4,200 a year for that. Uh, train up to London Bridge. The office was at St Thomas Street and it was delivering checks to the clearing house, going to other brokers, picking up checks, yeah. come back to the office. Uh, then you get your next job, which was moving all the boys' cars. So it was the old days of the parking meters and the 20p's. <laughs> so you had a bag of 20p's and me and my pal, who are really close friends still, we started work on the same day, both as messengers. So we had, uh, do you remember the big, the first mobiles, the, the Storner <laughs> phone? Yeah. So we pull had, your back out just yeah, to yeah, answer it. We had six sets of keys, I think. The MDs, you know, the finance director. So one had a Porsche, one had a uh, Celica Supra, another one had a Golf, and you'd be in the phone with the big one. Right, I'm moving off this meter, so we'd be in Lloyd's Avenue. I'd pull out. He'd pull into that one. You know, Oh, car logistics, wow. just office dog's body, if you like. Yeah. You think you're done, and then you go back to the office and you go, I want a sandwich from this shop, I want a sandwich from that shop. So yeah. go and do that. But it was all around earning your stripes, if you like, yeah. uh, building relationships across all across the business. you got to get on with everybody. Uh, so we didn't do that for long, two or three months, and then we got sort of shipped up to admin. So... Then you're checking trades from all the different departments of the commodity company. So mm. uh, potato traders, cocoa traders, coffee traders, gas oil traders. Uh, so we were checking the old, you know, the old computer runs of paper, the old reams yeah, of paper. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Checking their trade sheets. So when they're on the on the floor, they would trade that they, you know, sold ten lots of November gas oil at two hundred and fifty-two dollars a barrel, whatever. Uh, and then it comes out and goes to the clearing house, comes back, and then you have to check their trades against the physical trades that were done. Mm. So that was that. Uh, yeah, just a sort of admin role within that uh, and still trying to do the... We still had to do the check runs <laughs> everywhere. And we always made that bit of a competition of the record to get from St Thomas Street to paying the check at Fenchurch Street was 12 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> She was even running back then, Dodger. You, you yeah, run every yeah. day still. And you, you had to run to get there and back in 12 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's around that, you know, relationships and yeah. accountability because you, be, you had to be on it. Yeah. Uh, from that, from the accountant, uh, accounting bit of it and the admin side of it, got an opportunity to go on the desk. Uh, so just doing some sort of, you know, task with the traders of doing a little bit of little bit of trading, mm. uh, taking orders from clients, placing them with brokers, uh, so that where that sort of attention to detail and yeah. accuracy and the numbers bit comes into yeah. comes into play because it is just and time, you know, yeah. you've got to be on it because your the phone was allowed to ring twice. Yeah. If, if you miss the two rings you gotta <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. You got yeah. clear. But it's around, you know dealing with brokers, relationships with the brokers, accuracy about putting the order straight down to your guy, uh, relaying that back that the trade's done, and then mm. checking again that that accountability and checking that it, everything's gone through clearing house, how it how it how it should. Because like listening to you talk about that, like I, I think about 
the conversations we've had about business in general and like where obviously the business you run now and and your and your, your, your numbers always say to me you know got to get your numbers right do your numbers look at them and blah 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 so there's so many i guess of skills from that early career that you still today i guess you you take into yeah i think that's when you start your career i was lucky i worked some really good people you know as well as the you know it's really you know high pressure yeah, yeah. for these guys more so than me you yeah, know yeah. they're dealing with discretionary accounts they're yeah. dealing with clients money uh but it makes you really sort of focused around detail and you know if you've made a mistake it's your mistake yeah. you know it's ownership of that yeah. uh, the accountability of your part within the within the group which comes it's all that team thing like you touched yeah. on there you know football thing you know, everyone's got to do their thing yeah they've all got different things to do but you've got to do it properly yeah and it's it's so transferable to the the business world yeah uh, but we had some really really good people there that again 25, 30 years ago. Still speak to them. At, really? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. My, uh, they used to call me Buck, because Buck Rogers, obviously. So <laughs> I was Buck, he was Freddie. You know? <laughs> everyone, everyone had a nickname. Yeah. But it's a great time to be working up there, because it was just as the start of the, you know, we went through that period of everything was paper manual to the, yeah. to the Big Bang, if they like to call it then. And everything went sort of automated trading. Right, uh, yeah. And it was a great time to be up there because the boys were earning decent money. Yeah. And it was all the time of privatisation to a certain degree. Yeah. Everyone had, you know, Lloyd's got privatised. He's got Lloyd's account because you could buy shares at a preferential number. That's yeah. what they... Uh, and trade in penny shares. So obviously, it's a, it, it, they're in that industry. They're, they're gambling, trading all the time. Yeah, yeah, so it's that thing of... Someone would trade penny shares, you know, for, buy shares in the morning for a penny, and then buy after lunch, just after lunch, they're 4p, and they go, ah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But it was a great time to work out there, and the best thing was the, the people, so many different characters yeah. that that made it really fun. Yeah, I get, and especially, I guess, in what you'd have been, obviously, your early 20s, I guess, to, yeah, yeah. to be in yeah. around that. Yeah, started, yeah, started that. 18 to... Yeah, yeah, eighteen to twenty six. I think I was I was there. Wow, wow. Uh, and do, but go, take me back then, back back to again, when you was growing up in school. What were, did you have an idea of what you wanted to do when you left? It was there any thing? Because it's it's different, having it. People have so many more people try and have that plan, or yeah. there's university, or there's there's a career path, or I'd like to get into that industry, or whatever. But was it just? no idea what I'll just get out and get a job that yeah. type of thing yeah pretty much yeah. that was uh, that was it like you say it's, it's a little bit different now where mm. you know things are planned a bit more yeah. people are looking at jobs now everything was about a career then so yeah. I'm going to go and be working insurance and I'll work there for 25 years and then I'll retire and then yeah, something yeah. else I think that was the the mindset of, of how it was then yeah. now you know, people go, actually, I'll try that for three years. Change that, let's do something else, let's do something else. Yeah. I think people are a lot more open around, you know, the opportunities that are around now than what they were. Yeah. 
back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I completely, I completely agree. And I think, but then she, she, she was up eighteen to twenty. She was up a good few years. Yeah, yeah. Trading and yeah. being in, involved yeah. in that environment. But, but like you said, something you look back as a, as a fun period of of your life and something that I guess, I, I guess, especially from a business point of view, so many of those skills set you up for for future whether after football as well yeah. I guess I get because we're, we're touch on this a little bit later but I guess for for me so many people professional athletes I guess they start out that's their career at the start so they'll be professional athletes and then they come out of that no idea what they're going to do afterwards and maybe yeah. don't even plan for that because they think they're going to I know money's a lot different nowadays but even so whatever if you play at some maybe some lower levels you'll get into that point where you go what is afterwards but I guess did you not necessarily then have that fear or worry or think when, when my career comes to an end of uh, 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 football I've, I've it, had some skills I know yeah. what I can do I can take that into yeah I always felt it was a little bit yeah, a little bit different because they you're saying these guys are in from yeah, 14, 15. Yeah. What did amaze me when I was playing football about how many of the players actually didn't like football and I just couldn't get my head around that because growing up, football was everything. Yeah. But they've been in the, in the system, they've been good at it and it's become a bit of a job. So they're earning well. Because I used to say, I'll just see the game last night. I went, sport Billy. You know, you go, did you not watch football? Like, no, nah, I didn't watch it. Wow. Not loads, yeah. but, you know, a, 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 a chunk, yeah, a yeah. chunk of people. Uh, but I suppose it's that thing around if you've done something for, for long enough, it just becomes just becomes Happy, the norm yeah, and yeah. becomes a job. That's, wow. Uh, again, I can't, you can't, I can't comprehend that because, you know, is it, I'm 44 and you go... You know, all we life, all, all all I wanted to do was become a professional football yeah, player. Yeah. I think, imagine having that opportunity to play at that to get paid to play. Yeah, I remember nice. getting me first twenty five quid at Thamesmead, like do you know what I mean, a little bit. I thought, yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, but uh, just doing something, you do it because you love it. Yeah. You love football. But we, and, we're doing the same as well. Long time working, I was playing for Sutton, Sutton well, United. Well, 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 yeah. So I was getting the six forty two training. The eight eight twelve home from London Bridge and three times a week and the Tuesdays and the Thursdays I did the early shift yeah. so I could go and play Tuesday night or train Tuesday night yeah. and, and train on the Thursday and the same thing four quid was my first contract and it went to seven and it went to eleven <laughs> and then it went to a little bit more than eleven but uh, that's just you know fitted in the work with the football yeah. and coming back to your point of while you're playing I didn't really have a big fear of what I'm going to do after because I always when I went into football I thought you know if I can have two years playing yeah. have two years off work and I'll go and work again yeah. uh, and I was just fortunate it just sort of went on and on and on for a <laughs> bit longer than I thought in the first place amazing well, uh, 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 t- 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 take take me back then to that that, that period where you, you're working and you get that for that opportunity First professional contract to go and play football as a full-time professional, and take me back to that moment. What? How do you feel at that time? What goes through your head? 
he, uh, Dave Bassett was manager at Sheffield, so he called me at work. So obviously, you know, you know people on the circuit. I've got a call at work saying, oh, it's Dave Bassett, Sheffield United manager. We go, yeah, of course it is. <laughs> yeah. And I said to him, do you mind giving me your number? I'll call you back. So I thought it was someone in there having, yeah, a, yeah. having a little giggle. So I rang back and the phone went, Sheffield United Football Club. Wow. So he's got a lot of, con- obviously Wimbledon is where he sort of made his name originally. We were in that sort of, something we were in that same sort of yeah. region. He had players, Sheffield at the time didn't have a great load of money. So they were looking in a different pond to the other sort of first division. What league would Sutton have been in at that time? We were in the Isthmian Premier. Right. Yeah. So conference, the one below the Com- one below yeah, yeah. the conference. Uh, yeah, so he rang. He said, "We've been watching you. Can you come to Bournemouth tomorrow and meet us at the Ferndown Hotel? Meet meet me and the chairman, Derek Dooley, who's no longer with us. Absolute great man. Come down tomorrow, and we'll talk to you about a contract. Bring your kit, blah blah. So I went down the next morning. Uh, I had to be there at eleven. I think I've got there at about ten past eight. <laughs> 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 waiting for them they were fl- they'd been to Jersey so they'd been to Jersey for a couple of days they were flying over because they were playing Southampton on the Saturday so it was a sit down with them we want to offer you a contract uh, how much didn't have an agent uh, mm. how much you're earning let's start that conversation so it was a <laughs> go, go high <laughs> Told the number, they went, that's not a problem. So we came up with a package of you know, this per week, win bonus, goal bonus, relocation money. And you just go, really? <laughs> a little bit. Uh, and that was that was the discussion. Spent a couple of hours there. Stayed that night uh, with the boys. We went out, went out in Paul, actually. A room with a guy, John Pemberton. Right. Played for Palace. Still a really good pal, pal now. So I room with him, and they were going out for a night to have a few beers because they had a, four days before they had to play. Yeah. Bright girl was the captain, so he went to this pub and he go, "What do you want to drink?" And I said, well, uh, "Orange and lemonade." He went, "Okay," and orange and lemonade and seventeen lagers. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I'll have a lager. <laughs> I'm thinking they won't be drinking. I was playing Carl Shorten on the Saturday. We had a big game. <laughs> but did that, went out for night with the boys, trained the next day. Uh, and then that was it. That was on the Wednesday. They said, come up on the Monday. Signed the contract on the Monday and played played against Liverpool Reserves on the on the Monday night. Jamie wow. read that. John Barnes played. You know, you just go like four days from... From having that conversation. To... Yeah, went in next day. The MD, uh, they love sport, love football, love rug- rugby, and you, they loved horses. So the conversation was, we just go and give it a go, and if it doesn't work, come back. Wow. So wow. it was a sort of non-decision, yeah. really. But then the reality sets in of bought a flat, you know. Got to rent the flat out, can't move up north, can't find somewhere to live. Yeah. Uh, and it all happened in three or four days. Before the time for having the football liaison officer and that sort of thing, it was turn up. And that's why all the PAL guys are really close still, because we all sort of lived close to each other. And yeah, because I guess it's a, it's a different environment 
to act, like you said, everyone's agents and yeah, and like you, you look, I'm sure uh, at the top level now there's still you know that team culture and camaraderie. You've got to have that within yeah, a thing, yeah. but it's got to be a little bit more disjointed than what it used to be compared to in in, in, in respects to you know they're all there on their phones, their headphones, and you, you look at that those relationships maybe not as close potentially as what the relationships you built back then yeah i think you i think you're right the 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 whole industry has just changed yeah. you know massively and that thing of you know then the manager having total control of the football club you mm. know who signed how much we paid them it's just not possible now yeah. you know, he was dealing with a squad of 18 players now you know at the top level you're your squad is, you know, outside the Premier League squad, they've probably got another 25, 30 pros on top of that. So it is impossible oh, yeah, to, yeah. to ever do it. And the numbers are changing, obviously, monetary-wise. So mm. you've got to change. But I think you've done something there where we all lived, all lived closely. Mm. Uh, you know, the girls all, you know, the families all had their own sort of network and all helped each other. Because yeah. Sheffield at the time, I think there was eight, London lads uh, that he'd taken up from Wimbledon, so they become a little, a little group up in uh, a group up in Sheffield. But people from everywhere, you know, Ma- people from Manchester moving over, people yeah. from Ipswich move over, and it was a really, really tight group, and yeah. a special group. Uh, yeah, one of the sort of best dressing rooms you've you've been in, and they were so good with me. A couple of my pals who I played with that. Something went on to be pros elsewhere and had a completely different experience really? around you coming into a club and then being in football a long time going, you're, you're after one of our jobs so it was not exclusive but yeah. you know they looked after their own that little whereas, click as a yeah whereas Sheffield where I went and the, and the, uh, the group of people it put together were so sort of welcoming and inclusive that made it really easy to to settle in, which yeah. was which was you know important. Because I guess that, that again, I'd, I'd like I'd be interested just from a mindset point of view. I guess that you you go into that obviously playing football at the level you did, even at Sutton, and, but then going up and becoming a professional footballer, playing in the it, with, with Sheffield United, going out like you said, two things. I guess one. Like you said, walking into that changing room that first time, is that daunting? What's that like? How did you feel on that day? And then walking out that first game, going like like you said, when you're mixing with people like John Barnes and that, like what, what's in your head at that point? Uh, imposter syndrome. We talk about that a lot, <laughs> yeah, 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 but yeah. it's that thing of you know I used to watch watch games in same as you watch yeah. one on Sunday and yeah. I remember we sat down just with the chairman at the time there was a game on West Ham were on against somebody and I just said oh he's a good player he went well he is if you give him that much time you know it's just a completely the pro game is you know you're only as good as you're playing against this guy yeah. so you just got to get over him uh, yeah. so it's that a, com- a completely different mindset of You've got to go in, and you've got to adapt, and you've got to adapt quickly. Mm. You know, he said to me at the time, sort of thing. We're not, you know, you're not here as a, you know, stopgap. You know, we want you, want to put you in the team. 
so obviously seeing something that I could do to, yeah. to help them uh, but you, you get the hang of it pretty, yeah. pretty quick although the first game my debut was way at Luton Camille, Chris Kamara and all those Mick Harford and Steam oh, wow. brothers and all that sort of thing uh, 20 minutes into the game I'm going <gasps> I'm going to, I'll play with Glyn Hodges great footballer I was playing in midfield with him I went, yeah. I, I'm not going to make it to half time he went stand still for five minutes you know just chill your beans yeah. you know he's just running around like a because the drama like, like how, how the adrenaline I think, I think that was it you know yeah. the, you're caught up in it the first game you just just yeah. stand still and it doesn't take you long to to find out what you should do and what you shouldn't do, and it's just so different, you know, playing non-league where I was, you know, one of the better ones and all over the place running yeah, things. To, yeah, yeah. To, to go and you're you're in your pecking order. You're, you know, ability-wise, you're you're right down by the bottom. All these guys have been pros for forever, yeah. but it was really like focus on the things that you're good at. Yeah. You know, you got me in there to run around and get over people get get forward get back you know yeah. just be the legs in there a little bit so uh, but it was nuts yeah. I think of suddenly you watch match of the day and you're on it <laughs> yeah I can't like the, what was there times that you did that you were sitting there watching match of the day and you're on it and like especially in them early stages I guess what was there them like pinch me moments where you sort of sit there and go you know, like, I'm, I'm yeah. a professional footballer I'm yeah. on match of the day and it was like that for a long time. Really? We had Luton away. My opening games were, I think we had Luton away, Sheffield Wednesday away, Big Derby, yeah. 42,000 at Hillsborough, which we won. Then we, I think we had Man United, Liverpool, Arsenal, uh, which Man U was Keane, Robson, Pallister, Giggs, Ince, you know, all of those boys, Arsenal with a back four and Ian right up front and all those people you've been watching all the time suddenly you're in it uh, but you, you <laughs> learn to just once the game starts you're in it and you learn yeah. to do that really quickly yeah I suppose you've got to like you say you've got to you've just got to get over that and you? you're you, that, that's that's your your job now yeah, do you yeah, know what I mean that's yeah. your, your your job but uh, just a magical it, it's got to be that, that sort of feeling like you say once you've got over there and you're in it and then you're part of that team yeah. and you're going out and that take you back like first goal what go, again them, them type of moments do you capture them in your head yeah you just remember fans remember much more about football than players do yeah you know right yeah. now do you remember that game you go no <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah you remember those moments I, I think uh it's a weird one once you're in it that you don't you just go game done game done game yeah, done yeah. you don't really savour the moments you know we went to you know first time we went to Elmfield like the iconic stadium like yeah. when we were growing up you know the sports night on Tuesday nights with Liverpool playing you yeah, know some Etienne and all this sort of thing and you're the going up and, yeah. yeah and you're going up steps and but you don't it's a weird one you're just in this in the zone of, of playing don't yeah. hear any crowd don't hear any of that stuff it's much much worse playing at something where they go Rogers you're <laughs> not very good <laughs> whereas in the big noise you're you're fine uh, yeah. but it is just a thing if you just get in the zone and you're focused on 
on what you have to do. Because I, I, I want to touch on that as well about like, looking at because I, I often talk something from the podcast I've tried to listen to and one of the things I've learned of trying to be a little bit more like I guess trying to be more in the moment wherever I am on the journey of, of my career life in general but trying to be in that moment I'm, I'm conscious of within a, a football career like that looking back at it now do, do, is there points where you can go was I in the moment did I appreciate them times as much as I could have or is, are you saying like you said it was just it was just a job and you just get used to it and it's just a daily thing yeah I think uh, you don't appreciate it as much at the time because mm. it's the thing you got to win mm. you got to keep your place in the team you know yeah. that thing of you win on a Saturday brilliant so you you can enjoy it for two hours, yeah. and then it's like Tuesday. You've got Tuesday training tomorrow, uh, and that's the ma- biggest difference between pro football and non-league football. Is yeah. you know while I was working, you know the football thing was the fun bit. You wanted to win every game, but if you went to Slough and lost two one, there isn't thirty thousand people killing you. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's. It is what it is. Yeah. Uh, but when you move to the programme, it's just relentless, just one thing after another. Yeah. And you don't really, you don't appreciate the good bits. And like you say, being in the moment, that thing of going, we went to Liverpool and won. You know, they scored after three minutes, you go, this could be painful, and we won 2 1. Come off the pitch, clap the fans, go in, get changed, worry about the next one. You know, that thing, wow. you don't really savour those. those good times enough yeah. because there's always something there's always the next one and the next one yeah I get that I, get, I guess like you say and, and it's got to be like that because you've got to keep at, at that level haven't you and the only way you keep at that level yeah. is to be, remain focused and, and do that so it's almost like you say that, guy, that game's gone Yeah, great that we've won but yeah. he, even like you say when you, you uh, win a, a, a cup a title or uh, you know in the playoffs, when it, when it, whatever that, that those periods are, it's still I remember listening to I think Rio Ferdinand talked about it on. Um, he was quite on, good on one of average, <laughs> but but uh, he he talked about it on from the culture again back to what they done at Man United where they won like it might have been the League Cup or something, but it was literally no one walked in and celebrated after it was just. Because you had Champions League in three days, so this yeah. was just a bit of a almost like a warm-up game. They've just won a trophy, and, and one of the guys, I can't remember who the player was that he mentioned coming in was like, "Yeah, come on!" And they was like, everyone looked round as if like we, we did. But <laughs> <laughs> Champions League, like you're not going to fit in here. It was yeah. that type of thing. You sort of go, God. It's, but I remember listening to him talk about it. And go, he, one of the things he goes, we we had to be like that to to achieve what we did, but. You do look back and go, wish I'd taken maybe a little bit of them moments just to savour and appreciate it. How magical! Like you scoring at Wembley, like those type of things are magical moments that you sort of you you can talk about now and you look back on. But being in that that moment and it's hard to hard to never go. Yeah, look, when you're out of it and you look back, you think, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But at the time. You're in it, you know that the Wembley game, Wigan. We played Millwall on the auto windscreen, and 
we won that. Uh, got straight on the coach, went straight back to Wigan because we were playing Northampton, I think, on the Monday night. Uh, so you can't have a drink. Yeah. Didn't have a party, didn't have a celebration. Straight back on the coach to, to Wigan. Uh, as it turned out, we got to Northampton on the Monday and the game was called off because of rain. <laughs> So Ouch. We missed, a, we missed a night out. Uh, <laughs> but it's only when you come out of it that you suddenly sort of sit back and go, oh, that was good. And that yeah. was good. But because you're on the, on the, on the track. Yeah. It's so, I, what, what I find fascinating as well about you, 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 you it's so understated like, how you are as an individual. Like, you play professional football, and I remember, I remember the first time. I remember a friend of ours who you worked with, that Matt, Matt Warren. I remember the first time you played golf in the golf league, and he's like, "Oh, uh, yeah." Did you, did you? You asked him about football, and he said, "Yeah, I play." I can't remember who he was playing for, like um, one of the local teams. And he's like, "Did you play when <laughs> you answered him with, um, yeah, played a bit, bit of local football.'" <laughs> It was local. <laughs> he, I remember him ringing me the next day. Can't believe I was talking to Paul Rogers last night. I asked him if he played a bit of football, but he told me he played local. Only Brighton and Albion. He's like, oh, like an absolute head. He went because you're so bad. Like, and even when we was at the wider cup thing, and we're, we're sitting around talking and we're getting some of the videos. I mean, it's just incredible, like your journey and and your career and the things you've achieved at that level of football is. Is unbelievable, like, and 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 even like sharing a couple of stories now, like it must be amazing as an individual to look back as a life that you've lived so far. You look back and go, "Wow, do you been, still?" Yeah, I've been really lucky. You know that thing about work. Uh, I've never felt like I've worked a day in my life. Is the saying, but it felt like that. I've never one day mm. got up thinking, oh, I've "Got to go work." Yeah. I love the city thing. I love the football thing. You know the commercial thing I was doing after. Love that. Yeah. Uh, the gig I've got now with my cube clients. You know it's it's just you you work with the right people yeah. and it doesn't feel like work. That's yeah. that's I've been really fortunate in that respect. And uh, and, I, and I guess again back to from you and getting to know you as I've done over the years. I guess that whatever it's been like you said trading football you consulting now the commercial everything's people yeah you are without a doubt one of the best people people I know do you know what I mean you're just you get on with everyone you know people do you know what I mean and that's how you've built relationships and, and but what's what's interesting as well and listening to even from a young age that you've done that right from being at school because look now here you are in your 50s and still with those pals from school and still with pals you mentioned I moved to Sheffield we've still got pals up there now from, from football and have done I'm sure at each stage of that career just because that's a, you're a people person yeah I think we've, we've spoken a lot uh, you know, it's one of the things we've said here mm. the relationships you build uh, is it a skill I'm not sure it's a skill it's like some people are just wired differently. Like mm. I say, I'm, I like doing that. I like finding out about people and what they do. And, yeah. you know, the, the consultancy thing I've got now is so good. You don't, you never become an expert in everything, but, you know, I, I know 
a lot about cars, you know, working with Vince and all the guys at River. Yeah. You know, you know about the car industry and, yeah. you know, Matt and the guys at Structure and a little bit about, you know, telecoms and how that works and, yeah. you know, Harry at Wellesley with the, you know, the finance product and the legal guys, Hamid and all yeah. these guys, you've learned a lot about lots of different sectors yeah. and I find that really, really interesting. But in the, the, the common denominator between that is whatever industry you mentioned, four or five different industries there, common denominators there is that actually people will still buy from people so whatever whether it's legal services that they're delivering whether it's a car that they're selling whether it's pensions or telecoms you bring people together and people buy from people so if you can get on with people that's yes yeah half the battle, and that you know it's the same you know, same with your friends and your connections mm. you you gravitate to people that you like and mm. you've got a little bit about them they've got yeah. similar interests um, yeah. And that's how you know you've done it, and you know I've done it over the years. That you build a network of people that mm. are all you know really work hard. You know most of them are sort of owner operator businesses, so yeah. they they're invested in what they're doing, and you know they like a bit of you know fun along the way. But mm. it's all like you say, it's all about trust, and that's what sort of the football environment brought you around. You know when I first went to Chef U, you know around. Where'd you get your car? I'll go and get it from the guy at TC Harrison around the corner. And where'd you get your insurance? You go to this guy. Yeah, you know, because yeah, yeah. football was so sort of insular in, in yeah, that respect. And, you know, the trust is everything within the dressing room in football. So that's how, you know, that's how you build build these little networks and communities of people. That's yeah. Just follow that as, as you've done. You know, yeah, there's yeah, so yeah. many little groups that we know. Together, We've yeah. got little couple of circles haven't we and we've got a big section that cross over and there's a load of people you know that yeah. I don't and, nice fair, and, yeah. and similar but. yeah yeah it's, it's fascinating I, I think like for me the one thing I've learned especially over the last 15 years I guess of being in business is exactly that that it is it's just about and actually not recognising that early enough I think for me I didn't recognise that early enough how valuable that can be just being a good person and building relationships is like you said whether it's a skill it's just the what how you're wired as an individual yeah. and but that's our business that's our life in general is yeah and i think we're, we're lucky down here you know the brighton yeah. community there's a lot of owner operator businesses yeah. and even you know we know people are running same industries but mm. they're you know collaborative and they help each other yeah. you know that partnership piece is really important yeah. for you know what you're doing and what i'm doing yeah. to get the right people but yeah. I think as a as a business community, Brighton is pretty unique. Yeah. Where it's difficult for people. You know, you're running a business in Brighton. You've got to be the got to be the marketeer. You've got to be the HR guy. You've got to be the money guy. Yeah. You've got to be the sales guy. Yeah. Uh, and you need support for for doing all those different parts yeah. of the business. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I completely agree. Look, I want I want to move on. I want to talk about the, your time, obviously, as a commercial manager at the club as well and obviously building the connection you did there just just before we do and we touch I mean we could do another three episodes on on just the football career I'm, <laughs> I'm sure but um if you can with, the, with with football just specifically if you could pick out one highlight what would it be and why uh probably the second game for Sheffield Sheffield Wednesday yeah 
you know, living in the city as well. There's there's two teams. You're either red or you're blue. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I was great first game. Second game, I was good or yeah. better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, we just sort of click and you get a result. And then suddenly, I've probably been training with the boys then for probably six, seven, eight weeks. And it felt like that was the the point where they knew I could do what right. I needed to do. And that sort of thing of obviously getting a result, winning there. Yeah. But that was the sort of thing that you think, actually, I can... I can I can do this yeah. at that sort of level. I know it's only a couple of games in, but it just felt comfy, and that was probably the um, the best uh, the highlights of it. Cause yeah. It happened so quickly, but that sort of cemented me in the team then for the rest of the. And I, I guess would, would that would I be right in maybe <laughs> thinking that actually from a, a a belief point of view as well that you've gone in, and then that sets you up for the rest of your career that you have gone in at that level. And actually, I can compete. And you look back, like you, you alluded to a little bit earlier about imposter syndrome, and that kicks in at different levels, at different people, at different times. But actually, that now I'm a professional footballer. I've got a professional contract. I've come and I've had a, I've had an half decent game here. Yeah. And then your peers look around you and go, yeah, yeah, he's all right, he's in. Yeah. And then you just so then wherever you go after that, you, you, you know that of course you've got to keep that level up, but you know that you're. You, yeah, vibe, and, and that's something you've I've built over that sort of two months that I'd got yeah, there. Yeah, 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 sure. I could always run. So my yeah. thing was, technically, I was, I was 10 years behind these guys. They've been yeah. pros for ever, so yeah. I always made sure that I was king of the bleep test. They've been pros for years. They didn't care. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it was that thing they'd get to level 12, level 13. They were just, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> So I was like level 17, two or something was the number, <laughs> just keep going. Because I needed to have my, my bit, yeah, bit of, yeah. right, I can do this. You look after that, I'll look after this bit. Yeah. Uh, but that's, you know, doing a little prove, proof piece to those guys that you, you belong a bit. Yeah, love that. I love that. Well, look, then, t- t- then obviously then, like, like you, we've obviously touched on the fact of, just because of the nature of the way you got into football, I guess, slightly later, and the fact that you, I guess, like you said, almost every year was a bonus. You, yeah. uh, it doesn't, you know, I went into it, we give it a go. If a couple of years it don't work out, then, you know, you knew you had that bit of a safety net to go back at, 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 up in the commodities. But then, obviously, a career as long as you did have, then less of a fear of thinking. But then, how does that then, being part of Brian O'Valbin Football Club and then, Remaining on as the commercial manager and or sales manager first was yeah. in commercial manager. Yeah, so when when you're playing football, you think you're Peter Pan. It's never going to end. <laughs> yeah. You just go. I didn't talk about you know training all that sort of yeah. thing for players when they come out, but all the time you're involved in football, you've got to give that your hundred percent focus. Yeah, yeah, it's really difficult to try and do something alongside it. But I was I was really lucky. So I. Retired at 38, uh, and then the chairman Dick at the time said, You know, do you want to get involved in coaching? No, yeah, <laughs> not was that well, not yeah, interested? Just not, uh, I think it was that thing of being in pro football 11 years, lived in six different houses, uh, moved around a bit. Uh, kids were about then, so I wanted to sort of get settled, yeah. and also that thing of when you're in a when you're a manager, 
there's always these great success stories, mm. but you, you forget about all these other 95 get sacked after three months, yeah, and then yeah. what do you do? You know, are you in Peterborough? Are you in Cambridge? Are you in Scunthorpe? Are you in Hull? So I thought I'd, I wanted something that I had more control of. Yeah. Uh, so when they said about joining the sort of commercial team, that sort of fitted, you know, my background to a certain degree. Yeah. I was lucky enough to be captain there, so I got involved with quite a few of the bits with the sort of local businesses and sponsors uh, and had built up a bit of a network to know you know 30 or 40 people that used to come in the old hospitality uh, <laughs> yeah. unit of which Darbs and those sort of guys <laughs> were prominent in there uh, so I really fancied that and got working with Kevin Keane uh, really good guy so he'd been in, in and around Brighton for years local football but he knew everyone as well. You know, he was that network group that used to run Frenzy Albion. Yeah, uh, sure. Which obviously Brad's taken over yeah, now with yeah, yeah, guys, which has gone on and gone on and gone on from strength to strength. But Kevin knew everyone's really helpful to me about settling in from that transition of, you know, playing football yeah. to think out a week off. But next day you're in the office at nine o'clock. Wow. That's a killer. Yeah, I was going to say. When you come out of it, I've got you get the standard letter from the from the club secretary saying your services are no longer required or your <laughs> contract's not being renewed, and you go, it's like the old. <clears throat> yeah. Because once you've done the football, you're never ever going to do anything as good. Yeah. Never ever. Whatever you do is never going to be as good as what your last eleven years was. So it's. It, it's hard to do that I guess from a from a uh, yeah from a mental health point of view a mindset point of view because uh, like you said although you talked about it although that 11 years you didn't maybe you look back and go I maybe didn't appreciate them moments or etc etc you have still had a a career where you've got up every day and played football yeah yeah uh, yeah so well, that, of course, it's a job, and you've got to be professional, and you've got to do it because you've got to compete at that level yeah. constantly. But every day was brilliant. Yeah. Like every day training, I'd drive to training, giggling about <laughs> what we're going to do. <laughs> you know, it's just such a great environment that nothing can ever touch it. So you come out of that, and then suddenly, not just that, it's the finance piece as well. Yeah, you sure. know, look, very different. 20 years ago to what it is now but you're used to earning a number yeah. and when football finishes your number drops to a different number yeah. so not, there is sort of financial worries around you know are we going to have the lifestyle that we've had for the last seven years so yeah. there's those things going into it as well that thing of not having that everyday fun thing and, and having to just change from one zone from one week to the next about going in an office again and that was really difficult really uh, just that time thing you know you're so lucky when you play football you go in with your pals kick around for a couple of hours you get the best treatment ever you know you've got a doctor on site you've got a physio who I still see now Malcolm likes the cheerleader was brilliant you know just kept everyone jollying along uh, tell you what to eat tell you what time to eat it 
to what colour T-shirt you have to wear when you're eating it. <laughs> you know, all those all those things that suddenly stop and you've got to go go again. You know, I was lucky because I had that previously. So I was going to say the transition for you wasn't was such it, a jolt. You know, yeah. I, I knew what that thing was like nine to five. I knew yeah, yeah. I knew what it was like, but it does take you a time to get back in. Uh, and I just carried on playing non-league football. You know, I went to went to Worthing and, and played there to give me mm. my football fix Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday to go back to that old yeah. routine. And football makes you have routines like on. Yeah, you, I, I know you're a yeah <laughs> you're a routine guy. I'm going to get up. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do. It. We might have been out on the odd occasion and had one or two beers. You're still going to get up and do a 10k in the morning. Yeah, but, yeah probably not 10. But, <laughs> yeah. but it's that thing. It, football gives you that discipline yeah, sure, of, sure. of trying to look after yourself and uh, make sure you allocate your your time because everything's when you're playing it's just timetables. You're doing this, this, this. So. But, but again, does that just relating that again to where you are now with business and even your your, your role at, at the football club as well? How much of them that skill sets there from playing football and having that mindset as you've been able to transfer into into where you are now? Yeah, like there must be so many, like you said, whether it be systems, whether it be you know procedures, whatever that yeah. is. I think it's around successes, isn't it? You know, I'm really lucky. So you come out of football. There was a great business community that mm. Kevin had built up in and around uh, Brighton you know, Crawley, those sort of areas. Mm. It was great transitioning me into that. Uh, Obviously helped him, another pair of hands, him running around like a, like a (laughs) loop, you know, I could help him with that. But your, your goals change. So it would be, I would go to, you know, one of the first guys I went to see was Paul Goldsmith at IT first. Big, massive Albion fan. Uh, I had the spreadsheet of contacts and Mm. ring up. Can I, Make an appointment to see Paul Goldsmith, and me having played football helps you helps you get in the door. Uh, and the successes were, you know, he's involved with the football club to a certain level. Can you push him to get him to do a bit more? Yeah. Or, you know, it's that partnership relationship thing, and your successes are measured in in different things. Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, and it was around, you know, building partnerships, building. Uh, growth for the commercial team because yeah, yeah. uh, that was obviously when we were based down in with Dean in the in the port cabin <laughs> yeah. with 120 bit people upstairs. Uh, <laughs> bit uh, different from the MX, no? Mad, <laughs> yeah. But that was you know such a fun time. You yeah. know, everyone's talked about with Dean, and when you know, I went to watch my lad play there the other day mm. in the game, how how as a at one point championship team. Yeah played at that crowd it's just nuts but yeah. boy everyone you know comes back to that piece you know everyone pulling in the same direction of, yeah. of of working together working closely to to get to your destination because you even get the feeling like with the with the club and obviously the ambition with tony bloom etc in there and, and the investment and that going to the amex and that transition because you was there obviously from the with Dean going up to the to Amex in that sense that the huge ambitions for the club to get to the Premier League to get to Europe which we're able obviously achieve now like. but it starts from them strong foundations there at the, at, at yeah. the club from and that yeah we had a good you know with Dean it's one offering isn't it 
you know, yeah, it is yeah. what it is. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, we did work with the, the company that sold all the seats, uh, the Aussie, uh, Ash Dolan and Empire, yeah. Empire Stadiums. Great guys. And we'd never been able to do it without them, yeah. you know, just because the amount of people that you needed to to service these, you know, presentations. I'm sure you yeah. came up to one of them that we used to have up in the port yeah. cabin. Yeah. But we went from... I, don't, I can't remember what the last last game was. That uh, thing. Against Dagenham. Beat, yeah. uh, against Dagenham. Beat yeah. Dagenham 4-3, I think. I think it was like a 13-week period that we went from having 120 people upstairs with Dean Harding doing the catering, 100 people in the bar downstairs, to the first game at the Amex 13 weeks later. I think it was the Tottenham friendly. Yeah. That we had something like... 3,200 people in hospitality. Wow. And, and, you know, not just our team, the whole operations team and all the different ticketing, you know, to get that going. We went in that first game. We go, (laughs) (laughs) and there were things that weren't right, and there always was going to be the the rate of knots that we were moving. Uh, But to do that is one of the best. You know, as a project to be involved, oh, yeah. it's just incredible. Met some great people, yeah. you know, all the way through that. Uh, yeah, again, that thing about not feeling like it's work. Yeah, yeah so much fun, and and obviously what they've done now is just oh, incredible. Shit, yeah, to to do, yeah, Premier like, like I said, Premier League, and then surviving in the Premier League to then going, yeah, we're gonna push and get into Europe and yeah. achieve that, and you go. It's mind blowing, really, and but still, it's a, it's a different beast, I guess. Now, even to when, like when you left a few, because what is it, six, six yeah, events? yeah, 20, 2017. 2017 yeah. But it's had to, you mm. know. The, of course, yeah. You know that thing about being, you know, top ten, and you're going, can can you, can you? But the way they've done it has just been incredible, yeah. and the whole back up of it, and you know the recruitment, the way the you know the way they pick managers. You yeah. know the, the just the day to day running of it. It's just incredible, yeah. and they've done so so well. Yeah, <laughs> think about going to be playing in Europe because uh, that comes back to when we were selling the seats with yeah. the Aussie guys, and we're in League One, yeah. uh, getting crowds of seven thousand people, and, and part of the package back in the day, you know, for the first five years spell was. I think European games are included. European games. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's it's come to fruition and wow. You look at the way they play and the way everything's run from from top to bottom, it's the mm. best I mean you said it a lot, you know, it's the best run club in the Premier League by yeah. quite some way. Yeah. Uh, but to see him having a European game at the Amex is is nuts. Yeah. Yeah, it's been an uh, an amazing journey. It's crazy for I guess for me coming because like I say I come down to Brighton what 2010, and I remember going to I just I had the salons. So I was just doing some stuff with Albin in the community. That's why I was at the with Dean guy. That's why I remember the lot that last one with Gus there and stuff. And then you go, and then was there at that first game at the Amex, and you see like just all the flags and everything. Yeah, Buckley, yeah. you come on the done the 24 hour podcast with me, and we. Like talking about that day, and he said, like, still one of the best days ever. We scored in the last minute, didn't he? To yeah, win yeah. It. And just all them magical 
moments and as a you know i'll come new to it back in dagnum you know and it you know never followed brian and then you get into it and just the uh, everything around brighton and the, the community especially the business community especially i suppose is that love the club and just so passionate about it and seeing what they've achieved just yeah. must, is a, it's just a such a great industry to be involved in because yeah. there's always something to talk about yeah. there's always something happening yeah. and that thing of just everyone's so invested in it yeah. uh, and so many people. And, 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 and for you, I guess, was there that, again, back to that transition, slight advantage to others where you obviously already had the, like we mentioned, the 9 or 5, but then actually still the transition because you're still involved in football. You're still involved in in the club in some way, yeah, shape yeah. or form. Yeah, you still get, still, yeah, it helps because you're still getting your little foot fix. Yeah, uh, cool. And again, when you... I was in a really fortunate position where, you know, a lot of, I knew a lot of the managers. Mm. And, again, you sort of take it for granted that, you know, all the things we used to, you know, there's restaurants after the game to grab the players for, mm. you know, the man, the match presentations. And you build relationships with the different management teams that come in. Yeah. Um, so you get a real, it's a real privileged position to be yeah. behind the curtain, if you like, yeah, of, of you know, pro sport. Yeah. Uh, yeah, really, really good fun. Yeah. Oh, well, look, I want to. Uh, uh, we're going to just jump back into the the, the li- life in sixty seconds. I often talk about the, the challenges that we've faced in our lives, in our careers, and stuff like that. It, like n- knowing you as I've done, and knowing uh, what a great career in different areas you've had. But has there been some challenges? Was, w- would we, if we, de- if I gave you the sixty seconds now and said, talk about a challenge and what? that impact or what you learned from that what, what would you say I th- you know I lost a close pal around it'd been eight years ago nine years ago kids went to school together mm. used to do the school runs together and then suddenly you know he's not there I think that sort of really focuses you on you mm. you know what's important to you because there's all this fluff isn't there you know, when you knock it down, you know, what's important, you've got your family, people are relying on you, your network of, of close people. I think that was probably the th- thing that go, actually, there's so much just noise goes on yeah. that when you, when you, you know, strip everything back, what's important to you is a, you know, it's a small number of, of people. Yeah. Uh, and a big number of people as well. You know, you've got a bigger network. You know, I'm really lucky. You know, I've got a lot of uh, really tight pals mm. uh, and people who I've got, you know, worked with. You start off as meeting people at work and they become really close pals as mm. well. So I think it's that thing of just something happens that makes you understand what's actually, what's actually important. And it's mm. your, you know, your close family, how you treat them, how they're getting on. Mm. Just the box, if you like, becomes a little bit more, more defined. Mm. Oh, yes, yeah, that's re- that's really interesting, and especially, especially listening to you talk. Again, back to the the career you've alluded to, the different careers you've had that you've actually enjoyed and loved, and 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 all them things, and actually still come back to that point of in life what is the most important thing and it is 
family, friends, the relationships you've built within that period, and that's what's important. There's money and all the other bits and all the other stuff around it. It's just noise, and it's... Money's a funny one, because... Pick a number. 70 grand, yeah. 80 grand, 90 grand, 100 grand, 110 grand. Hmm. Don't that, that little number doesn't really make any difference. Hmm. It's different if you've got 2 million, 3 million. Yeah. But all these things about, I think lockdown proved it to a lot of people about hmm. what's actually important, and it comes back to that, you know, nearest and dearest, you hmm. know, the people close to you. Who cares if you've got a car on the drive that you can't drive <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> it's costing you 800 quid or whatever <laughs> uh, I think that sort of clarified a lot of things for people yeah. you know, we used to go out all the time eating and doing this and that you're actually a lot of the time you go out it's not great yeah. so you start cooking more doing all these things yeah. uh, you know that's you know it's all about what what's close to you yeah no, I agree. I agree. Um, then, how was your done a little bit of the journey around the, the, the football club and that growth and the excitement and stuff around that? But I, I guess I'm just I'm just keen to as well look at the that period because obviously you you would have left the club just before they'd gone into the Premiership. So they just got promoted to the Premier League, right? Yeah. And then what in that. When, where where you were there and obviously when in, uh, from that you started Cube and it's oh, an incredible journey that's been the last six years and how uh, amazing that's been and what you've achieved with that but w w tell me about in your mindset just around that period when you know was there a point where you thought oh, I'd like to have gone into the Premier League with a club was there a point that you gone what, just tell me about, about that football makes you uh the biggest thing is resilient. So you can control what you can control. Mm. So I can quite easily compartmentalise stuff. So Sutton, gone. Sheffield, gone. Notts County, gone. Wigan, gone. Brighton, gone. Mm. So you go, you can't control that. So you just have to, that's gone. You've got to just look forward and see see where your next successes are. Mm. That thing is, people talk about it all the time around the controllables. Right, that's done. Nothing you can do yeah. can change that. So let's look forward and, and find a new path. That's you're wasting your energy and wasting your time thinking about things that you can't control. So that's been the biggest one about all the time. Just keep, you know, what's, what's ahead. Yeah, keep moving for That's such brilliant advice. And because it, it's so hard, uh, so easy, I guess, to get caught up in that sometimes where you... What if I'd done yeah. that? What, yeah. yeah. You haven't. Yeah. And, and you what, didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. so deal with it, move it. And like you said, looking always, looking forward and going, okay, this is the situation I'm in. Am I going to make, I'll make the best out of this situation? Yeah. Which you certainly have done. I mean, look, cute, what a brilliant journey that's been the last six years of, and again, back to that, that thing right at the, the fundamental start that you start of your story and your journey of being at school being in around people and building having great people around you and doing that you've created a you've created a business out of being a great person knowing people and being able to connect people yeah 
but it, again, it, com- it comes back to the big numbers game that it's got to work. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. They'll yeah, pay, a client will pay X, they yeah. expect yeah, 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 X yeah, plus, and, and uh, you can never be complacent around. Yeah. You've always got to make it, make it grow and make yeah. it work. You know, the relationship thing is brilliant, but you've got to make them all. It's got to be value in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. of it's course, always, of course. With everything, it's always around the value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you, you know, you're running a business as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you'll think you're going down a path, that path suddenly comes to an end, and you go, okay, you've got to <laughs> find another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And something, if you, you know, if you've got a good enough network, yeah. there'll always be something that you can sort of focus on then to, to get moving, get moving forward again with. Yeah, because no, nothing's I, ever just going to keep going. No. There's always going to be challenges for different businesses across different sectors. Mm. Uh, we saw it during lockdown that mm. you know, suddenly you got eight clients and suddenly six of them can't work. Yeah. So it's the challenges around that. Yeah. Uh, you never, very rarely, everything's going going exactly how you want it to. Yeah. But again, back to that lesson that you're saying about it's actually going right. What and the pandemic was the biggest sign of that, wasn't it? Is what can and I control, what I can't. None of us can control a global pandemic, can we? And that was you're chucked in at that deep end. You know, I've just got to deal with what's in front of me, and in the best way, and look forward and go right. How can I navigate around this? And you just try to think slightly differently to the next person. Or, yeah. And that's where, you, again, back to more so than ever, I think you'll agree that, that community and having those people around you was so important at that point and realise how important, actually, within that. Because it was a tough time for a lot yeah, of people, yeah. that yeah. pandemic. But you surround yourself with great people. Um, it, it helps you through. Yeah, it definitely does. Yeah. Mate, listen, it's been... We're sort of coming towards the end and it's been... I knew it would be just brilliant to share your story and have amazing, like I said, we could do part two and come back and we'll delve into <laughs> some other stuff, but it's been, um, we're finished on our last sort of life in 60 seconds, but like the main reason of, I guess for me starting a podcast, I spoke about it a lot and in the, in the introductory episode, I say, look, the tagline's been, I want to help the world to see success differently. So I'm always, I'm keen for this last point, the last 60 seconds, how, how do you, looking at where you've been and all the things you've achieved in your incredible life up until now um, and where you're still looking to go. How, how, how do you define success? Looking forward. You know, the, that bit is great for another time. Mm-hmm. You know, you can sit back and think how great that was, but that's not going to, you know, that's for another time. Yeah. You know, it's that my sort of focus is just look look forward see how you can develop the business, see how you can help clients develop theirs. Everyone's got a different different journey that they want to go on as well. Mm. So it's understanding where, where they want to take their business or, mm. or do that thing. Uh, I think that's always the way. Just always look forward. Enjoy that bit. That was great. Just keep, keep moving. Just keep moving forward. I love that, and I think it is. You know, nostalgia is a great thing. It's great to, like you said, probably sit around and chat about, especially for you because of the amount of stories that you've got to share. 
not just from your football career, but you know stuff. I guess the city, and you probably still with your pals that you still in touch with at the city. Your bands still talk about them things, and you look back at all them moments. The same at the club with the commercial stuff and and all of that journey. But actually, they're great moments in your life that you will take positives from. And then, but that's that. And now I look yeah, forward. Yeah, but I'll, it's all about everything. There, it's all about learning. Yeah. You know, you've learned or learned every time you make a mistake or whatever you learn, don't you? Yeah. And that's that thing of my I'm in the fortunate position now of doing what I'm doing because of the last twenty years of learning what works, what doesn't work. Yeah, sure. So. What just before we do then, what if I was to say for our listeners listening, what from your football career what would have been your biggest learning from that environment that you've taken into business? It's all about the manager. The manager controls everything. So whether you're the head of the business, you set the tone, you set the culture, you've got to get everyone. It's difficult in bigger, bigger businesses, yeah. but you know, if you're running sort of smaller teams, 10, 20 people, you've got to get everyone invested in the journey. Yeah. everyone invested in the business if someone's not there you know saying you've got to be ruthless same as football is if you're sorry if you're not gonna yeah. if you're not come you get cut so it's that's the biggest one around yeah. businesses people talk a lot bit around you know the football team and that sort of thing but you've got to get the right people in the right places yeah. and be ruthless enough to ditch people if you don't think they're going to come on the journey with you but that's one of the biggest challenges around any business is running yeah. running the people and getting them all invested in where you want to go yeah yeah no absolutely it's the bloodline of cut getting the culture right getting the getting that it's the bloodline of a business yeah. isn't it and who would then be your be the best manager you played under who gave you that did you feel that you um it's weird uh because they're all so different. Like yeah. Dave Bassett was just aggro. <laughs> <laughs> he just old school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we had him, and I was used to dealing with that uh, yeah. environment, whatever. And then I went to you know, Notts County. We had a similar sort of manager there. Yeah. And then I went to Wigan with a manager, John Dean. Remember, played for yeah. Aston Villa. Yeah. Uh, just one of the nicest guys ever. Completely different to what. Harry was. Yeah. Harry's a great guy, but they just dealt with the team thing similar. I remember I got uh, suspended, three of us got suspended. He said, right, you've got to come in Saturday morning before the game to run. So it's, it's punishment, it's always yeah, what yeah. you do. And so they'll come in my office and he made us cup tea and gave us a biscuit and said, oh, we'll go out and do some work now. And then we play crossbar challenge for 10 minutes and then come in and everyone's going, right. <laughs> <laughs> not, <laughs> not worried respecting him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But everyone loved him. Just wanted to do well for him. I think that's that. Uh, you know, the key as well is can you get people to understand you and get them on side? And yeah. people do it in different ways. Yeah. But that's the great thing about that sport thing is everyone's so different the way they do yeah, do things, yeah. but all trying to achieve the same thing, if you like. But then that's really interesting that you mentioned it like that. And obviously you responded well to that sort of environment. Like, oh, 
and have we seen it a little bit more coming into football and there's talk around soft skills and what that you know you've got the one end of the scale the Alex Ferguson hairdryer treatment to you know someone who maybe puts their arm around someone and deals with that what's your take on that in regards to is there more of a place for soft skills in 100% yeah that thing of I always look at it like the guys who are teaching us or who are our managers grew up in the 80s, mm. 90s. That's, that's what football life was like. Mm. It was tough, you know. It's, you know, straight talking, this is what you do. If you don't do it my way, you're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But generate, you know, society's changed. You know, generations have changed. Mm. You can't deal with people how you used to deal with people 25, 30 years ago. Yeah. And you have to get more... Uh, understand them more than mm. what you used to yeah. I think uh, comes back to that people are wired differently people behave differently mm. you, me and you you know got same, some things are the same others different so, yeah. so you can't treat 11 people saying just the team you can't treat them all the same you've got mm. to get you got to get into them about you know what makes them tick information that sort of thing I've been with players that you can tell, put something visual up and they get it. Talk to them about it. They don't get it because they've got, they're wired to think like that, not so much the sort of dialogue and interaction bit. So you have to treat people, treat people differently. And, you know, like you said, society is very different uh, around what it was 20, 25 years ago. And, and, and I, I guess so much of that, like like you mentioned, is is how much of that is within the within the business environment as well. And it's back to that right thing that you you said that even at the start with the education system that people learn differently. It's the same in business, exactly the same with football, in sport, in anything. People will absorb content, absorb information, learn in a in a different way, and it's a so again, back to the you know right at the start of the conversation, back to the curriculum and the education system. How that needs to change in some way because people will learn in a different way, and we need to be able to. I guess we need to be able to tap into that. Yeah, uh, mate. Listen, what a brilliant conversation! I lo- I've loved every single minute of it, and I, I could look. We will over a few beers and, <laughs> and a bite to eat at cars. We're, we're we're carry on conversations for many years to come, I'm sure. But um, it's been such. Uh, honor to have you on and look, as a as a mate getting to know you over the years as well and and for all your continued support of everything i've done I've, i'm so grateful so mate this has been this has been awesome thank you very much pleasure mate you're a legend and that as they say for the first episode of different hats is a wrap